It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. The Auburn football team was absolutely robbed by the media at SEC Media Days. We'll tell you why on today's Locked on Auburn. Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken farm. And I'm, I'm freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked on Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. I'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College Network and sponsoring this episode today and joining us as he does every Monday the one and only Lindsey Crosby writer at auburndaily.com host of locked on MLB prospects excited to jump into a normal week as last week was absolutely crazy Lindsey with SEC media days and of course the week always ends with folks turning in their ballots with how they think the standings will be at the end of the year they did not like the Auburn Tigers Lindsey Crosby and I voted drastically different than almost everyone else. Yeah, I found a great piece at AuburnDaily.com kind of breaking down the predicted order awesome. of finish. Thank you. And uh, company man. And I'm not incredibly surprised. I I am a little surprised that Auburn was last in the West. I know that you're going to break down the whole thing, but uh, I didn't think that we would have anybody would have Auburn beating Bama. Mm-hmm. I didn't think they'd be at seventh in the West. I will say as the baseball guy, as a resident baseball guy here, last time somebody picked Auburn to finish last in the West, it worked out okay for the baseball team. So. Uh, it did. It did work out. And so, yeah, because the trend, and I talked about this on Friday's show, which I was very high on Brian Harson, very high on the Auburn Tigers on that show. But the narrative all week with everybody that I talked to was folks saying Auburn – should expect to go seven to five, eight and four. That's everybody that I talked to. Everyone that I talked to had Auburn beating Penn state. Most of the people that I had that I talked to had Auburn going into Oxford and beating Ole Miss and beating LSU at home. And if you do those things, you will not finish last in the SEC. It would be a very weird scenario for those things to happen and for Auburn to finish last in the SEC West. So this is, the predicted order of finish in the SEC West per the SEC media that were in attendance with media days at media days last week, Alabama at one Texas A&M at two. That's you're going to pretty much get that across the board. Yeah. And then after that is where it gets weird. The media voted three Arkansas four Ole Miss five LSU six Mississippi state and then Auburn at seven. And I just have a hard time gelling with that. Arkansas schedule is pretty tough. And I'm not saying Arkansas is going to be a bad team, but I don't think, I, I just don't get it. I just don't buy 
the hype that they can challenge Texas A&M, that they can challenge Alabama. Arkansas got a handful of first-place votes. Maybe that's why the averages skewed them higher because they got a handful of first-place votes. I'm just not getting it. I think K.J. Jefferson's good. I think he's fine. But this team, like, everybody's enamored with what Coach Pittman has done so far. And I really, really, really like Coach Pittman. Mm -hmm. But they're still Arkansas. Like, let's don't lose, you know, let's don't lose where we are in all of this is they don't have elite recruiting classes. They, they, they don't have this long track record. And they're nowhere near, I think, where a lot of these folks that they're going to be competing with in regards to, you know, Arkansas over Ole Miss, I'm not buying it. Arkansas over Mississippi State, that's where it's kind of like eh, to me. And I, and I certainly don't think they're better than Auburn. So, I mean, Arkansas was having a great year last year. One of their best years in recent history. And Auburn went to Arkansas and beat them. And neither of these squads are drastically different from last year. So what's the what's the trend now? I don't understand why so many folks are thinking Arkansas is going to come to Jordan here Stadium and win. Lindsay, am I crazy for thinking that? What what am I missing here? I think a lot of people, if I had to guess, I would say are putting more negative or more uncertainty behind Auburn's quarterback position than we are. Um, I mean, it's and that's the story that we've heard, and I think you're yeah. going to continue to hear that. Uh, looking at their schedule, I mean, their 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 crossover games with the East. They've got South Carolina and Missouri, mm -hmm. um, but obviously they play LSU. They come here. They play Mississippi State. They play Alabama, Ole Miss, A and M. They have to play Cincinnati and BYU. Where are do they play Ole Miss at, Lindsay? Is that in Fayetteville or in Oxford? Uh, that is that is at home. That helps. That that helps, but it's. It's just one of those, like, you've got two uh, big games that are out of conference as far as Cincinnati and and um, BYU, and then you have Liberty, which we don't know what Liberty is going to be, but that would have been a scary game last year. Mm -hmm. um, and then it's just, I don't get it either. I don't understand where the love for Arkansas comes from. I mean, Missouri State's pretty much a guaranteed win, sure. but other than that, there's a lot of competition on this schedule. People seem to be high somewhat high on South Carolina. That's an early challenge. Uh, and just, I don't quite get it. What I really don't get, though, is I really don't get um, not only them being third, but them being above us. That's, it's yeah. kind of like you alluded to. I just, I mean, we went there and beat them. Fundamentally, it's the same team versus the same team, minus we may have, you know, we have a, we look a little different when it comes to passing the ball, who passes it, who catches it. Other than that, in essence, it's the similar squads on both sides, and we're at home. I don't see it. Yeah, and, and I'm highlighting specific games like Auburn hosting Arkansas because I think from three to seven in the SEC West, one or two games is really going to decide a lot of these. I think there's going to be a lot of tiebreakers and head-to-heads as far as how the final pecking order is sorted out. So if Auburn beats Arkansas at home, they're going to be a drastically better situation th due to that head-to-head -head in the final standings in the SEC West. Mm -hmm. And another one is LSU. LSU is a similar thing. They've got just as many question marks, if not more, than Auburn does. LSU doesn't know who their quarterback is, and they've got a whole lot of other roster situations that they've got to figure out, way more than Auburn. Now, I think you can talk yourself into the upside to some extent, and I think Brian Kelly is going to be very successful at LSU. But I think long-term. I don't like the short-term version yeah. of LSU. And so having LSU voting them at fit for fifth and Auburn at seventh, once again, 
I think a lot of people are going to pick Auburn to beat LSU in that fifth game of the season, regardless of how everything looks prior to that. I, I just think something would have to go drastically wrong, and it could. Something could go drastically wrong as far as tripping up to Penn State, maybe tripping up um, to Missouri. I, I don't know. I don't really envision those things happening, but it certainly could. But unless that you know extreme happens, I think a lot of people are going to be able to pick Auburn at home against LSU. And, and frankly, Lindsay, if that happens – LSU is not going to finish ahead of the Tigers. Yeah, it looking well. So a couple things here. One, you like the long term outlook of LSU. Brian Kelly is now going to let you into the family. Nice. Um, their their crossover games they've got uh, at Florida, which we can speak from experience is not an easy thing to do. Um, and then they host Tennessee. They also they open with Florida State. So a power five team, one that is re- rebuilding, but a power five team off the bat. They also have to play UAB. Right. Uh, their paycheck games are early against um, Southern U, which I genuinely don't even know where that where that is, and New Mexico. Um, but it's south, it's south of here. Yes, thank you. Okay, yeah. um, but I just necessarily, I don't know. I don't see. I think that 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 game Auburn versus LSU, like you said, is pivotal to where these two teams finish. And I think Auburn having as much as Brian Harsa doesn't care about this, as much as Auburn kind of having got the uh, the monkey off their back last year with the win in Baton Rouge, I think this team's going to have a lot more confidence. I do think that uh, as you get a little farther out from that, I don't know if I don't know if LSU circles that game as like a, one of those revenge type of things. Um, they do have New Mexico the week before, so they in essence have – they don't have a bye, but they sure. in essence have a paycheck game before it so they can kind of focus on Auburn for two weeks. But I think, I think at that same time, Auburn's still learning who they are and figuring out who they are during that opening run. So I like Auburn to beat LSU. I don't understand having them, you know, two or three spots above Auburn. I don't get it. Yeah, I'm there with you. I'm there with you. All right. I want to tell folks where I voted everyone. And I was the only person to, to vote for several things. Um, one thing in particular that we'll highlight in just a moment here on Locked on Auburn. But today's show is brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn. As the sun comes out and small businesses are back in business, LinkedIn Jobs makes it easier to grow your team. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the people you want to interview faster and for free. You can create a free job post in just minutes on LinkedIn jobs to help you reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. They've got simple tools like screening questions to make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience. So you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire the combination of getting a great selection of people. And also in a timely manner is exactly what you want when it comes to hiring LinkedIn jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to Faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Lindsey Crosby, this is my ballot. Lay it on me. 
I lost it. I'm pulling it up right now. All right. I had, for the SEC West, Alabama winning it. Texas A&M second. You're going to get that across the board. I then had Ole Miss at third. Auburn at fourth. Above Arkansas at fifth. Six was LSU. Then I had Mississippi State finishing last in the SEC West. I don't think I need to explain Alabama and Texas A&M. Now we get that. Ole Miss at three. I don't think Ole Miss will be a better team than they were a year ago, but I think their record will be close. I think their schedule is pretty favorable with how it all lines up and who they have where. I think Auburn is ahead of Arkansas and LSU because I think they beat them. Head-to-head. I think think they win the head-to-heads. And I think Mississippi State, at some point, and I've said, I said this last year and it didn't happen, but I think at some point the SEC is going to catch up with what Mike Leach does schematically. I, I just, it, it may not happen this year. It may happen next year or two years from now, but it will eventually happen. And, and so I guess I'm just kind of predicting that that happens this year. So that is my, um, that's my order. Yeah, and while you were going through your order, I pulled up from our friends at Online. I pulled up some of the futures and some of the team over-unders they seem to line up pretty well with the media's ballot. Okay. So I found that interesting. They've got Mississippi State six and a half wins. They've got Auburn six. Um, you know, they have everybody else higher. I like having Auburn. I think three and four. I think three is the realistic ceiling for Auburn. I like four as a likely outcome. Whereas, you know, I see, barring absolute disaster, uh, I see, you know, six is probably the floor for Auburn. Um, again, like you said, I think Arkansas LSU, both those games being at home, that, that means they automatically f- kind of favor Auburn in a matchup of what should be pretty even teams. As long as the luck isn't significantly skewed one way or the other, I see Auburn finishing fourth in the conference pending what happens against Ole Miss. Yeah. And then I was the only person just looking at the SEC East. I was the only person to vote for Tennessee to win it. For folks who care, my Eastern Division order was Tennessee 1, Georgia 2, Kentucky 3, Florida 4, South Carolina 5, Missouri 6, and Vanderbilt 7. And I had Alabama beating Tennessee in the SEC Championship, if people care. I I do want to ask the question about Tennessee over Georgia. I just think as a team that obviously plays Georgia, that is of some interest to us. Uh-huh. And so why you have Tennessee over Georgia in the East this year when Georgia's coming off of a college football playoff championship? Yeah, I think uh, I think Stetson Bennett is still their quarterback. And I think there are other offenses now in the SEC East that losing everything that they lost, I'm, I'm not confident they're going to be able to keep up consistently with folks. And look, if I had to predict who leads the SEC in scoring this year, I'm going with the Tennessee Vols. I think Hendon Hooker is incredible. I think him and Josh Heupel's system is really, really fun to watch. And I think going into another season could really just elevate that. And so there's going to be situations, I think, where Tennessee, maybe South Carolina, if that goes the way Beamer wants it to with Spencer Rattler, I just think there's going to be a place where Georgia can trip up in regards to just not being able to score as much in an absolute boat race uh, as other offenses in the SEC East. So that was just my thought. I, I, it's so hard to do it again. I mean, even early Saban, you didn't always see them just repeat. And so can Kirby Smart do that at this point in his tenure at Georgia? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. So I really like Tennessee, though. And so that's why I've got them edging them out. Yeah. And that's something where they play November 5th. 
And then Tennessee has Missouri, South Carolina, Vanderbilt at the end of that. Well, you know, they kind of coast through well. Yeah. Uh, there's a little bit of a tougher schedule for Georgia. So I could see possibly Tennessee may, not even beating Georgia and maybe still winning the, the conference based on, a, you know, if they handle business in their other games. I see them able to take on, you know, Missouri and Kentucky. And the question is, how do they do against Alabama? How do they do against Florida? LSU I think that's kind of the pivotal stretch right there is like a little two three week stretch there in the middle of the season but I like your ballot I think that going back to the west for a minute I think that the biggest wild card to me in this whole thing with having you know as you having LSU at six LSU feels like kind of the pivotal it feels like every year there's that swing team in the SEC and we're picking Auburn to be that swing team the team that does a lot better than everybody expects sure but Outside of Auburn, I feel like LSU, if if Brian Kelly can figure it out a year early, I feel like they're a team that could do more than we expect. I do ultimately think they'll end up where you think they will be at sixth in the conference or in yeah. the division. But they feel like a team that's kind of a swing between outperforming expectations because somebody always does and where we you have them now. Uh, I didn't ask. I didn't tell you I was going to ask you this, but could you go one through seven for the SEC West real quick? What would you uh, What would you say? I assume you got Bama at one, A and M at two, right? Mm-hmm. Who do you have after that? So I've got Bama, A and M. I wanted to say Arkansas until I saw the schedule, and it's so tough. it's a very tough schedule. Now it, the the folks that are that are uh, the folks that are pro Arkansas a lot of their scheduling difficulty has to do with what they're doing outside of the conference. And so like if they lose to Cincinnati or they lose to what's the other one, BYU. BYU. Is that the other one? Yeah. Like it or doesn't Liberty. hurt. Sure. It doesn't lose. It doesn't hurt their sec standings. So they still could in theory perform. It's just, you so rarely see that, right? Like it's just, it, yeah. the, it's already a gauntlet. Like why the fact that you're adding more, that's just, yeah. that's tough. And, what and are the odds of beating like Cincinnati, it. but then lose? Uh, yeah, beating like uh, sorry, losing to Cincinnati and beating LSU. Not a thing that's going to happen. And so, if you I lose don't know if that's true, I think that's totally reasonable. That is a totally reasonable thing that could happen. Okay, well there you go. I'm not predicting it, but right. it's like yeah, if that happened, I'd be like yeah, that's yeah, that's going to be tough for uh, Arkansas to overcome. Yeah. All right. So if I'm doing this holding Alabama A and M, I guess for now. See, that's the thing. I don't want to put Ole Miss three because that you you are replacing a quarterback. And it is such a such an integral part of your system. Like, I'm really torn on that three spot. It's tough. I think the first tier, obviously, is Alabama AM. Second tier is Ole Miss, Auburn, Arkansas in some order. Auburn could finish as high as third, could finish as low as fifth, and you can make cases for all three of them. Um, I do have LSU and Mississippi State at six and seven in the conference. Okay. Um, knowing Mississippi State could climb as well if they just hit magic. I don't think they will. They've not made any significant um, changes in recruiting, mm-hmm. bringing in key players via transfer, any th- anybody that's going to take a Joe Burrow type leap or anything. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I guess if I had to do it, I'd probably put Arkansas three, I guess, knowing that three through five is all interchangeable. Auburn at four, Old Miss at five, and then LSU, Mississippi State. And I'll also make a prediction that whoever is a top of the standings in regards to that middle chunk of teams that we're talking about, Ole Miss and, and Auburn, Arkansas, LSU, whoever is the top of that, I actually think they'll finish second. 
because I think one of those teams are going to be able to beat A&M because I think that's how they're going to be able to kind of solidify themselves in that spot. So mm-hmm. I think it's a solid chance that whoever it is finishes second behind Alabama. So we will see. All right, coming up in just a moment, probably my favorite interview that I've ever done. I sat down with Roger McCreary at SEC Media Days. Before we get into that, Lindsay, how can people find you, hear you, read you, all that good stuff? I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. My show, Locked On MLB Prospects, is available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. You can um, send us a message on Twitter at Locked On Farm. All the writings at AuburnDaily.com just had a bunch of Auburn players drafted in the MLB draft. Um, now that we kind of we're hitting, we're coming up on the deadline to sign. So I'll have a final draft recap where the guys are going. Our Thick King got sent to Double A right away. Yeah. Very rarely do you see hitters go that far that quickly. Um, and then soon after that, we'll have a, a 2023 roster preview, um, given the transfers, given who's coming back and who's going pro on a free agent contract. So auburndaily.com for the baseball writing and then the merch at aushirts.com. The NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And joining us now here on Locked On Auburn, Roger McCreary, former Auburn defensive back, Tennessee Titan. You used to that yet? Um, it's still, it's still like, it's still different for me. Like, um, a lot of people saying that, I'm like, wow, like, I'm really like play for the Titans. Now, yeah. So I'm kind of still trying to get used to it. Yeah, you did it. You did. It sounds like you're doing a great job. Yeah, uh, every report that I've read. So congratulations for everything that you deserve every bit of it. Tell me about uh Bush Beans. Sounds like you've got you got a cool partnership with them. They um they they've got an awesome partnership with uh, the Southeastern Conference, which of course you know very very well. But that's exciting. Yeah, I'm very excited. Um, a lot of people know I love Bush Beans. You know, that's my traditional meal. You know, I got the can with me and everything. Yeah, so, I got your name on yeah. and everything, man. So that's I'm awesome. Just, I'm just here. I'm just here excited at Media Day. I'm here to um on Bush behalf just to happy to announce that their new partnership for the Beans of the SEC. I feel like this is great because this is a great like thing to eat at tailgate and all that stuff. Like, who don't like eating beans? Oh, it's not a tailgate unless you got a big thing of beans you know over there. You guys do every time. You guys do. So I'm happy I finally got this deal with it because everybody know I love the beans. I, mean, I love the beans. Yeah. So I'm finally it's finally happening. Oh man, that's awesome. That's awesome. So, you know, it's Auburn Day as we record this here at, uh, at SEC Media Days. And Brian Harson, I think, just impressed a ton of folks um, in the main stage downstairs, kind of addressing everything that happened this offseason head on. Tell us, tell us, who is Brian Harson? I mean, you've gotten to know this guy super, super well. It seems like he's slowly um, kind of revealing himself and his, his personality more and more to the media. Um, people seem to love playing for this guy. Yeah, almost definitely. I feel like in the first year, a lot of people didn't truly know who he was or yeah. his personality because because he now he went from himself, so it was, it was different for him. So I feel like like he's slowly starting to understand like how everything is going in SEC. So that's why I feel like people start seeing more personality of him. When I feel like he he's really yeah, he's a great guy and everything. It was just really a hard time at Arbor at that moment how everything was going and stuff. But I'm happy like it's all past that and it's all behind and everything. And, it's only great for the future, but just being yeah. coached by him, it's just great because he has this vision for the team. And I feel like the people like now, I, I speak with the players and the coaches, like they are on his vision now. Like he's just a guy who always pays attention to the detail. He's disciplined. Like he cares. We we all have to be on the same page. And I feel like that's good because 
if everybody's on the same page, then it's not going to work out as a team. So I feel like it's, it's going great. His vision is good. How did he help you take that next step with your last year at Auburn? Yeah, um, really, um, I would say, like, there was a lot of coaches I have got coached by like it helped improve my game and just I'm happy I got coached by him and Malzahn because yeah. you know coaches have they have different styles of coaching and I feel like one of his style was really the discipline part of like actually like passage to the small details of everything and all that so I'm really happy I got coached by him because he was really on me at first I didn't like it I wasn't used to it and stuff yeah. but I'm happy at the end because he was just only trying to get me better as a player right and then you played for Zach Etheridge right and, and there's been so much talk about him as a recruiter, but I don't know. There's a lot of really talented and uh, good defensive backs on this roster, uh, obviously last year with you. And then this year, there, there's some guys that I think are going to have a really good season. But t- tell us a little bit about Zach. Oh, yeah, I feel like you say he's a great recruiter. I feel like that's because a lot of people notice like he's really a great guy. Like he yeah. actually played the game. He being in, he know how it goes. And just him like speaking to the guys, like you can tell he actually mean it. He actually – of love for the game and everything. And um, when I first met him, like, I didn't know what to expect from him. Um, my um, my mentor, my high school coach, Antonio Coleman, played with him. Okay. He, he just told me, like, everything about him and everything. I said, okay. And when I spoke to Etheridge, he said, he's going to do this for me. He's going to do all this. And that's exactly what he did. He improved my game. He did all of those things. And I'm happy I got coached by him because he's really a great coach. So there's a lot of talk about who's going to take your spot and be that number one corner for this defense. And there's a lot of really good candidates, whether it's Nehemiah Pritchett or, uh, you know, DJ James transferring in. Jalen Simpson, is it, he seems extremely athletic. Who who uh, who do you think Auburn fans should kind of be keeping an eye out on? Um, and you can I'm, say all of those guys if you want to. Oh, yeah, most definitely. <laughs> I, I would say all of them. I, I really know DJ James because he's he from Mobile. So I, I know he's a great player. And I everything. forgot that. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I know he, he's a great player and stuff. And um, just like, you know, them guys, CB1, I don't know who they're going to make try to make CB1 because that guy going to follow the no more seat everywhere. Like, he going to have to really be up. But, it's a pretty tough job yeah, in the yeah, SEC, yeah. huh? But, like, they, they really be in it. Like, Nehemiah experienced it. He played against those guys. Jaden Sisson played against those guys. DJ played against those guys. So it wouldn't be surprised if it ended them. But I know at the end of the day, they're all going to do great and they're all going to be on the same level because they're being coached by Zach Etheridge. So it's all going to be great no matter what. Is that the way – this coaching staff handles a number one corner. Does does a guy follow the lead person, or or is it boundary and and, uh, nah, and all nah, that it's, stuff? It's just really boundary and everything. Okay. But like when I was there, like I, I wanted to, I wanted to. So that's the reason I like I was following guy because I always wanted to guard that guy. Do those guys have that mentality? You think yeah. whoever kind of emerges of the group, are they going to say, you know what? No, I, I you know I want to cover you know. Ute when whenever LSU comes to town or something like uh, yeah, that. Yeah, I feel like um I feel like they do um they they all have that like mentality of it like they they're not scared to go against them guys because they they win against the guys that been they win against all these great receivers so it's not gonna be a different this year and I feel like it's great and like really like that's not how the system is on the defense or Auburn like they're number one corner to follow the like main receiver but it really like it, all them guys can do that that's what I'm saying so yeah. it's really gonna be great to see like who really gonna be out there yeah. I'm, I already know it's going to be great for that secondary. Oh, it's it's going to be fun. It's, I'm sure all of those guys are chomping at yeah. the bit, you know, for, for their chance, and they get it. I'm going to ask you to reminisce for, for one second. Your Iron Bowl last year, your Iron Bowl performance was one of the best performances I've ever seen from a college defensive back. I mean, you, you were all over the place, all over the place. And it was really one of the few times, like, you actually started talking a little bit. What, um, what was kind of going through your mind in that game? 
Um, that was going through my mind. This is really my last call of the game. So really, yeah, I, I, I try to give all I got. Not not really. I don't really talk that much during the game, but it was the last game. I was trying to let it all out. And you know, the guys on the secondary, they they, they love that. They love when people talk trash. They love that energy. I yeah. mean, they know I wasn't that type of guy. But when I did it, they knew that I really meant it. So they they really felt the energy there. So that's the reason why I had to give all I got to show them like. Feed all my energy, like we gotta win this game. So that's the reason I'm happy to experience that as the last game with me. Who was the best smack talker while you were at Auburn? Was it Smoke? Oh yeah, most definitely. Like okay. yeah, like I don't I don't talk trash. Smoke was the person who talked trash for me. Uh -huh. Like Smoke, but like you don't gotta say now. Nah, I got it for you. So that was the guy. And Jamie, before Jamie left, Jamie was definitely Dude, he, the guy. He talked smack after every play. Yeah, Jamie, like that last year, Jamie played with us. He did way more than Smoke. I was surprised because he was yeah. quiet, but. Yeah, Jamie did crazy last year. Yeah, e even if, like, the opposing offense got a first down or something, yeah. Jamie was still talking, yeah, still it, talking. It was crazy. I'm not <laughs> going to lie. I laughed every time. I couldn't take him serious. I was laughing every time. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, is there a guy on the offensive side of the ball that um that mouths off a little bit? All, the, all them guys do. That's what, that what offense do. All them guys always talk trash. Really? Like, at practice, that's all we do. At practice, we have to compete. And that's, that's the stuff you have. And that, that would make the games fun, I would say. That would make it fun because everybody competitive. Everybody want to be great. Like they gonna try to make the next guy better. Who uh who's a receiver on this roster that that you're excited to see from this year? Uh, I would say I'm excited to see Shad Shad Jackson. Um, just because I came in with him and I I seen how he slowly improved. Like from from the time we got there, y'all are in the now, same class. I'm the same class. It seems like he's been here so much. Longer. Yeah, we, I'm saying we're the same class. So like it's great to sign to see. Like I feel like this is the year when he's gonna prove a lot of people wrong because. Because, like, he had to step up, so I know he will. Well, what do you like about uh, Malcolm Johnson Jr.? Obviously, super, super fast. A lot of people are expecting a bigger role from from him. What's it like covering a guy with that kind of speed? Oh, yeah, but you said speed. I mean, I want to get Anthony Schwartz. Like, that, so, <laughs> that's a yeah, good point. That, that's the speed there, too. So, But, yeah, that's one guy. That's one thing that stood out with him is his speed. But, you know, he more as a quiet guy and stuff. And like, I feel like he he's developing, like he's still going along the way. And I, it's great because he have guys like Shed. That's why I feel like Shed, like Shed, he will lead him the right way and stuff. He playing with the guys he came in with, yeah. with Xavier and Bar and stuff. So I feel like mm -hmm. it's really great. So I feel like he's really going to prove too, just as them as a group. And then just you having to kind of approach covering a, an offensive player, they move Landon King from, from tight end to wide receiver. I didn't even know that, to tell you the truth. Really? What, what are your thoughts on that? I, I didn't even know that, but, like, just his skill set, like, he 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 really capable of it. He really capable of, like, being that tall position receiver who can jump up and just grab on anybody. But I really didn't know that, though. That, that kind of got me. Yeah. D does it change how you cover somebody when, when somebody's just, like, that big on the outside? You're used to seeing that guy attached to the offensive line, right? I mean, that's some guys who, like, his size, like, play receiver, like, outside. Yeah. Like, I've seen before. But now you cannot, like, play him the same as you play everybody else because, like, he's more a big guy. So, you got to play them different from the quicker guys and stuff. But I feel like it's great because Auburn, they have that guy who's, like, as tall as him. Like, it's him and Xavier Caper, all them guys, they're tall, so they can be more of a threat, I feel like. Right. Roger, congrats on everything, man. Congrats on uh, being a Tennessee Titan. Congrats on uh, everything with Bush Beans. And uh, best of luck to you moving forward, man. Right, thank you for having me. <laughs> I hope you guys liked that interview. I enjoyed it. You know, I... I love Roger McCreary, one of my favorite players to ever play for the Auburn Tigers. And we've got beans. Roger's special beans. If you're listening on audio, that makes no sense. On YouTube, it makes a ton. If you made it to this point, please like the video and click subscribe. 
Also, if you're listening on audio, if you could leave a five-star review, if you're listening on iTunes, that would mean a ton. Thank you so much to Lindsey Crosby as well. Be sure to check out his stuff and my written work at auburndaily.com. We'll be back tomorrow right here on Locked on Auburn. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.